everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Thank you guys for joining me again this week as we begin this new journey into this brand new arc. Uh, and the journey into the unknown, at least for me, because from this point on, I don't really know what's going to happen uh, aside from, you know, a few spoilers here and there for things that I just couldn't avoid. Um, but yeah, so Battle of God saga is done. Beerus saga is done. Uh, the Frieza saga is done, at least for now. So it's time to go and to finally get to some new stuff. I'm excited about it. I hope you guys are excited about it. Thank you for uh, hanging in there throughout which was <laughs> 27 episodes of what was a very challenging uh, arc to get through. Two arcs that weren't the greatest in terms of animation. A lot of problems with story, a lot of problems with the writing, etc. Here's to hoping that everything's much better from now on. Um, so let's let's get excited and let's jump into this whole new thing with a very positive outlook. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I want to remind you guys that I hosted two other podcasts. There was one called Geekly Dose. Uh, we talked about everything geek, as well as a Legend of Korra podcast called Republic City Report. Uh, so both of those podcasts are still up on iTunes, as well as uh, Stitcher Radio, Stitcher.com. So if you want to go back and check those out, obviously, Rock the Dragon is available on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, as well as Stitcher. Uh, just a reminder here, anytime you guys feel like you have something exciting or positive you want to say about the show, take a moment, send me an email for our segment, uh, What Are You Saying?, Rock the Dragon Podcast at gmail.com and or or preferably leave me a review on iTunes because that'll go a long way in helping out the show. Okay. Uh, also, you know, we recently just kind of came off episode 25, a few episodes back. Once again, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, you want to go back and check that out. It's an epic episode. A lot of stuff to talk about in there. We reviewed Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, I had a guest host, Stephen Ocentelli. There was a couple other surprises in there. If you've been over to the Facebook page lately, you've seen a video of me doing impressions of Dragon Ball Z characters. So that was something that I just did as a bonus for episode 25 to say thank you guys for listening and hopefully entertain you a little bit. So I appreciate that. Also, don't be afraid to share that stuff. Okay. I mean, if you, I've gotten, I've gotten a couple messages saying that you guys really like the, uh, the impressions, share it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Trust me. I'm 2000% okay with it. <laughs> There's a reason why it's public on a public page. Share it uh, because if the impressions are good, then maybe it can make its way around and it could just be one of those videos that, I don't know, just does pretty well. And then if enough people see the video and they're impressed, then they'll come and listen to the podcast. So it only helped me the more you share the stuff that I do and what should be easy for you to do if you're enjoying it. Right. So I appreciate that. Um, I have a f actually, you know, I'm mentioning the Facebook page. There's going to be something else a little bit special on there for you. I mean, it's not a big deal by any means, but I'll kind of explain it to you. I'll give you a little backstory on it. So uh, a couple days ago, I actually went to see one of my favorite bands of all time perform a band called Incubus. OK, uh, most of you guys, if you're into rock music, you're probably familiar with Incubus. Uh, they were have been one of my favorite bands for a very long time. A lot like Linkin Park, which I talked more so about on uh, the Asia Mania podcast. Just a reminder, I was the guest on episode 188 of the Asia Mania podcast. So if you want to go check that out, you can hear me talk for two hours as, as a guest about all sorts of stuff. I talk a little bit about Linkin Park on there and the passing of the singer and how that kind of affected me because, you know, growing up, they were one of my favorite bands. Uh, same thing with Incubus, right? So I finally I got to see Incubus again for the first time in over 10 years. I, I'd seen them before, but it had been a very long time. 
And one of my favorite songs by Incubus is a song called Pardon Me. Okay, so some of you guys may know that song. It's probably one of my top five favorite songs of all time. Now, what was special about this performance is that the last time I saw Incubus perform live, they played that song, but they played it an acoustic version of it. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what that means, acoustic means just guitar and vocals. You know, a very stripped down sort of uh, an acoustic. Okay, just acoustic, an acoustic guitar and vocals. So you know, that's that's not electric guitar. <laughs> it's a regular guitar, acoustic guitar, and just vocals, and maybe some, maybe an acoustic bass or something in there too. But it's a very sort of stripped down version of the song, which I love too. Don't get me wrong. But my favorite version of that song has always been the full plugged in version with all the guitars and the drums, the rocked out version. And I'd never gotten to see Incubus perform that song live because that song, I have a very, <laughs> I have a, a big history with that song. So I got to see them perform live, uh, that song live. And it was just one of the greatest moments ever. And it reminded me that uh, this is something I did a long time ago. So. Um, this kind of stuff is very popular now, of course, because it's, su it's super easy to do now. Uh, there's probably thousands upon thousands of videos on YouTube of Dragon Ball Z footage with a, a song playing under it. You know, just mixed together footage with a rock song or a rap song or something playing under it. There's tons of that stuff. But I actually made two of these a long time ago before YouTube was around. Before uh, before I ever became an editor, a video editor, video editing wasn't even uh, something that was on my radar as a, a profession back then, because this was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago or something, or maybe even longer than that, that I did this. Uh, and YouTube may have been around, but it was probably in its very early stages. And I certainly didn't have any sort of equipment that would have had a, would have allowed me to do this. Uh, in an easy way at that time, because I just I didn't have money and, you know, I was a kid. So what I did was I took footage from uh, I think it was Final Bout, the Dragon Ball GT game on PlayStation one. And I also took footage from uh, the anime where Goku goes Super Saiyan for the first time against Frieza. And I put a song called Make Me Bad by the band Korn. And I put that under the GT footage and I put Pardon Me by Incubus under <laughs> the Goku Super Saiyan footage. And for listen, you got to understand that this was a big deal to me as a kid because I, I had no idea. I sat down with an idea and I sat there for hours until I figured out how to do it. OK, and this is with no editing software whatsoever. I literally uh, connected a PlayStation one to a VCR to a CD player. And I managed to dub a song over the footage. I couldn't replicate this now if I tried, <laughs> nor would I need to, because now I'm an editor. I have Adobe Premiere. I can sit down and do whatever I want super easily. But back then I had to combine three or four different devices together <laughs> to do this. So for that reason, it's always going to stand out to me as a, as a very like, uh, so I don't know, a pivotal moment, you know, because I ended up becoming an editor that that is literally what I do for a living. So I, you know, it was like this weird sort of foreshadowing that I didn't even realize. So I dug through my, uh, I have this huge box of Dragon Ball Z tapes, uh, VHS tapes. I think I talked about this on episode zero. I have the entire GT saga. I have most of Dragon Ball Z, both, both that I bought and recorded off of Cartoon Network back in the, in the day. 
Uh, and I had that tape in there that I made of those <laughs> those dubs. So Corn Make Me Bad set to Dragon Ball GT footage and Incubus Pardon Me set to Goku's transformation. So I found that I just did a simple little recording with my phone, you know, just so I can share it with you guys. So head over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast if you want to see that. Once again, it's not a big deal <laughs> because you can find things 34 times more impressive than that now and i can do things 4,000 times more impressive than that now but think about me as being you know in the eighth grade or something you know a long time ago and i did that so it was pretty cool but it's it, you know it's cool because it's vintage right like, i mean it's just like a vcr you know i <laughs> i had to find my old vcr and i hooked it up and uh i've been using it you know i got i got the vcr dvd dvd combo uh, for anybody who liked the page, you probably noticed that I also recently rewatched uh, Fusion Reborn. Remember that movie? Um, it's where Goku and Vegeta fuse and uh, form Gogeta and they fight Janemba. So I forgot, I completely forgot I had that DVD. So that was in, you know, that was sort of in the same box. So I pulled that out and rewatched it. I think I'm going to start doing that. Uh, I'm just going to start rewatching some of those old things that I forgot that I had. Now, and I'm also going to rebuy a lot of those movies on Blu-ray now because now they're like super cheap and they're like double features and you can get, I think you can get like uh, the history of Trunks and Bardock, the father of Goku on like one Blu-ray now. I mean, it's like <laughs> super easy to get, but I'm, I'm always going to have my VHS tapes because that's just, well, that's, that's all I had back then. Um, I'm not that old, okay, but I was alive during the transition from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray <laughs> and now to digital. So, um... So I don't know. I, th I just thought that'd be pretty cool. So if you want to see that video, head over there. Just another reason to go like the page because every now and then I post stuff and it's cool stuff. So let's get some likes on the page. And, and you know, there's only more stuff for me to share uh, from this point on if you guys want to do that. OK. Now, with that being said, uh, I do have a couple of messages here for what are you saying? Uh, once again, see me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments about anything, uh, or you can send me a, uh, an email at facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and read a message that I got here from Brent. Uh, Brent is a uh, regular listener. Brent, thanks for hitting me up. It says here, I've been thinking about what you mentioned about suggestions for the podcast a couple weeks ago, and occasionally on an episode here and there, I had an idea. What if you did a favorite moment of an episode? Maybe it's a cool move or shot during an episode, something funny, weird translation, or even a horribly bad animation moment. I feel like during each of the DBZ sagas, we all have certain moments in mind that frame how we remember it. Just an idea I came up with. I'm glad this saga is pretty much over and we can move into areas of super that weren't made into a movie. So Brent, obviously, thanks for the suggestion. I kind of mentioned this to Brent and I feel like... Um, I kind of already do that, right? I mean, I, I feel like every episode, I kind like I may not make a specific point of it, but I already kind of talk about my favorite moments of each episode and my least favorite moments. But uh, if you guys want a specific segment sort of dedicated to that, to where I kind of make a conscious effort to do it, well, then just let me know. Uh, I know Brent's down for it. Uh, so I just want to get some more feedback on that. So obviously send me a message, leave me a comment etc uh if that's something you'd like for me to do now this is something that a lot of people may not realize because if you don't if you don't follow the page on facebook you this is just something you don't see but every time i upload the, an episode of the podcast I, I i post about it on the facebook page you know it's usually like a screenshot from the episode sometimes i'll make a little joke about something 
But if you guys have ever, ever have any comments that are, you know, specifically pertaining to that episode or something that I said, you can just go and leave a comment on that post. I mean, that way we can keep it organized and stuff like that. So if you just to keep make it easy for you, if that's something that you want to hear, you know, just find that post and leave me a comment about it. That'll be that. OK. Uh, also, I have an email here from Rick Blackbeard. Rick, thanks, as always, for sending me an email says here hey tim rick blackbeard here just wanted to say damn bro you got episode 27 out quick lol that's cool though just meant i was able to hear your thoughts on it sooner and make my monday go by a little faster i'm glad to hear you really dug the episode and i agree on pretty much everything you had to say about it except about vegeta and how he turned super saiyan blue they do show him training even harder than goku I don't remember the episode number, but it's the one where they're training and have the weights on their arm and the ground is disappearing. After they get done, Goku falls asleep. Vegeta goes outside and trains more with the weights. That's probably why I didn't question it and it shows how Vegeta is and has always been, even through Dragon Ball Z. One last thing, as someone who has seen all the Japanese episodes of Super up to now, they do spoil every episode with the titles, so don't think that they will change. I did look up if they changed them for the next arc and they don't. So the title and opening song when they change that will be spoilers. Um, I think there you may have had a little typo there. So I'm not sure I really understand that. Uh, as always, thanks. And I look forward to the next one. Rick, thanks for emailing me. Uh, yeah, I did get episode 27 out really quickly. Um, <laughs> I uploaded episode 27 to podcast the same night the episode aired. Uh, I've just... It just so happens I was home last Saturday night and I'm home this Saturday night, too. So this episode is also going to be up really quickly. You know, sometimes I wait until Sunday uh, just because I like to rewatch the episode as I record the podcast. Um, and I like to go online and do that. And sometimes the episodes aren't even up until the next day online. Uh, but then sometimes they are. So, I've just, yeah, it just so happens I've been home and I, I'm just saying, let me just knock it out now. Why not? <laughs> now, don't get used to it because I can't promise you it'll keep happening. But I, try, I would always try to get these up as soon as I can, just so you guys have them. And especially give you time to, uh, to send me some emails and stuff like that before the next episode. So, But if, I'm, if they're coming out too quickly, well, I guess you guys need to make, <laughs> make more of an effort to catch up. All right. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. Well. Okay, uh, as far as your comment about Vegeta, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly what I said, but um, I never meant to imply that Vegeta wasn't training hard in terms of his uh, transformation. What I, what I mean is, is that there was no explanation of how he turned Super Saiyan Blue, right? So like in the past with these transformations, uh, it has always been more than just a. Uh, them training it's always been more than them just you know raising their power level it's always taken more than that to reach a transformation there's always had to have been some kind of a mental place that they have to go to or uh, a, a different way of channeling their key there's all you know what I mean there's always been something it's never been just like okay I'm just going to train and then I'm going to reach a transformation it's never been like that it's always been you have to think about it you have to figure out something that you didn't know before in order to reach the next level of power and up until this point it's been that I mean even for Goku when he went Super Saiyan God it was a cheap sort of 
transformation because he didn't have to figure out anything really all they had to do was just give him the power of the other sayings so that was kind of cheap in itself but at least there they explained it at least they showed the process at least there was something there for us to say okay he went through this to reach this level uh with vegeta we didn't get that i mean yeah he trained but he always trains you know there's nothing new about that there's nothing new about them uh, damn near destroying themselves um, but that's one of the sort of the the themes of Dragon Ball Z that just kind of for the most part has gone through every saga is that to reach new levels of power you have to sort of think differently about things you have to do something new and I feel like Vegeta probably did that but they just didn't show it to us um, so yeah that's kind of what I meant by that it's not, not at all meant to take away uh, anything from Vegeta and how much he is trained. I mean, he's always, you may even say he's trained more than Goku in some ways, right? He's pushed himself harder than Goku has, but that, that, that just proves my point that it's always been more than just how hard you train. And Goku has always been a much smarter fighter than Vegeta. So he's been able to sort of use his chi and his key to, and, you know, and be smart about the best ways to get these transformations to occur. Um, and that's why he stays ahead of him, you know, because I think if it came down to sheer motivation and will and training, well, Vegeta would have surpassed Goku a long time ago. But it's always been about more than just that. And I think that that's what was missing here for Vegeta's transformation. Uh, and as for them changing the titles of the episodes. Yeah, I don't I've never really thought that they'd do that. <laughs> that was just more of like a wishful thinking sort of a thing. You know, just it was really me just venting about not want to be spoiled <laughs> by the titles. But I'm pretty sure they've got these titles locked down. They probably already had them locked down. They probably have already sent them off to be printed and all this stuff. So I'm not really expecting them to really change anything. That's just more of a wishful thinking sort of a thing. OK, Rick, thanks as always for emailing me. Much appreciated. If you have any questions, comments about any of that stuff, uh, remember, you can send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Now, uh, yeah, it's time. Let's go ahead and get into this episode. Uh, of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon Podcast, episode 28, is going to cover episode 28 of Dragon Ball Super, titled The Sixth Universe's Destroyer. His name is Champa. Okay, so here we go. We're already going back to some, we, we're getting over to some new stuff that we haven't seen yet. Um, of course, we have seen this character briefly, but we've definitely seen him. So we're somewhat familiar with Champa. Um, it's nice to see that we're going directly into a new arc here. There doesn't seem to be any sort of like filler. I mean, this episode didn't have a ton of action in it or anything like that, but that's okay, right? Because we're, you know, we have to advance the story. Not every single episode can just be action. <laughs> like we have to advance the story. So that happens in this episode. And I like this episode. I thought it was a very okay episode. I mean, there was nothing, there's nothing great about it. There's definitely nothing, uh, you know, it wasn't a phenomenal episode or anything, but it was as for a standard sort of episode that uh, advances the storyline. I think it did a good job of setting up the next arc in and now I have a clear sort of direction of where we're going from this point on. And I mean, not only that, but I, I chuckled a few times. I mean, I really did. <laughs> so what more could you want from an episode that advances a story? There's some pretty good humor in there. Uh, new characters. And now we know where what direction we're going. So uh, all, all in all, I think this, this episode was pretty successful at that. 
So let's kind of break it on down. Uh, once again, yeah. So we're, we're 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 heading back to this other god of destruction, okay? Who we find out uh, once again is from Universe Six. Uh, his name is Champa. Uh, I I couldn't hear the name of his companion's name good enough, to, so I don't I still don't know what her name is. <laughs> I can't. I mean, you know, it's one of those words that's kind of it's kind of hard to understand what they're saying, okay? So, but the episode pretty much starts off with uh. uh you know, Goku and Vegeta are back on Beerus's world. I mean, we didn't get any explanation as to why they went back there, or maybe we did. Maybe I'm just forgetting about it. But, um, well, I think okay, maybe we did. I think at the last, the end of the last episode, they kind of talked about training together again, and they said they weren't going to do it, but obviously they they are, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, they're doing these push-ups, <laughs> okay, and they're wearing they're wearing this extra sort of. Uh, Weiss, uh generated uh inspired uh weight weight suits um it's cool i mean it, yeah it's fine i mean there's nothing wrong with any of this they're kind of just doing push-ups and kind of struggling through it um so it's just showing that they're still training even now even now they've reached super saiyan god blue status and all that kind of stuff they're training so i you know i think it's just a way of kind of catching us up on what they've been doing and however much time has passed between frieza and now which is not really clear uh but there is this explosion okay there's something that shoots through the sky of the planet there's this explosion that happens uh and there's kind of a crash and it wakes up beerus so beerus gets pissed off <laughs> And, and then some some pretty funny sort of scenes, you know, he kind of, you know, there this stuff was very weird in the beginning because they tried to treat Beerus like he was a villain when he first arrived. So it it was it was just kind of weird that he would do this kind of stuff. But now, since he's more or less an ally and he's just kind of like this angry sort of uh, teacher, you know, of theirs or this God who can just wipe out anybody whenever he feels like it. This stuff is starting to feel a lot more organic now. So whenever these moments happens where he just gets mad at Vegeta and Goku and just throws these little blasts at him, it's just kind of fun, you know. <laughs> it's just kind of fun that they're kind of being uh, treated like kids uh, after everything these motherfuckers have been through. But yeah, so it doesn't take it's, it doesn't take them long to reveal that it's Champa. Okay, we know this episode's about him, so <laughs> he shows up on the planet. He and his companion, uh, we don't know why in the beginning, but he's just kind of watching from a distance and he can see the commotion going on over there. Uh, and we do get to hear a little bit from his companion again. I really need to Google her name because I just it's just hard to understand what it was. Um, but yeah, so they just kind of, you know, they kind of head over there and I'll kind of go through some of this stuff kind of fast. Um, so he more or less goes over there and he's about to blow down Beerus's door and Beerus has come Beerus comes flying out. Um, oh, but I, I forgot to mention, though, there's <laughs> when they're walking over to Beerus's uh, the, the entry to the gates. Uh, it's just some funny stuff going on because he's struggling. Right. They've kind of been making fun of his weight so far on the show, because, I mean, obviously, this whole time we've been like he's like a fat version of Beerus. Right. Of course, we find out later on that it's a little deeper than that. <laughs> OK, but the show is kind of having fun with the fact that he's chubby. Uh, so he's struggling to walk over. So they go over there. Uh, he's about to pretty much blow down the door, but then Beerus blows it down because he's chasing after Goku and Vegeta. 
Um, so what happens here is that <laughs> he, he flies out. He's looking for Goku and Vegeta, but Champa's there, but Champa's covered in dirt, so he can't recognize him. So he doesn't know who he is at first, but then he realizes, oh, it's Champa. So it's like, you know, obviously, you know, as they had already established, these guys know each other. Obviously, they look a lot alike, so it shouldn't be a big secret as to what is going on here. But the question is, why don't they get along? And I'm, I'm sure this is something that will be. Well, hopefully this is something that will be explored in future episodes. Uh, but yeah, so they kind of talk and, he, you know, he says that he's here and all that kind of stuff. And um, eventually they just end up going indoors, uh, you know, after some sort of back and forth between Champa and Beerus. And of course, Goku and Vegeta are taking notice and they're saying, wait a second, who's this guy? He looks like Beerus, but he's just bigger. I think Goku says something like he looks like he ate like Beerus ate another Beerus, <laughs> which is funny. So then we go inside and they're just kind of at the table and you know, Goku and Vegeta are just kind of looking and trying to figure out who he is. Um, so, you know, at this point, I think, you know, most of us assume that we're going to get some backstory here. We can get some explanation. Obviously, there's been a lot of speculation on episode 25. Steven and I kind of talked about some of this. We kind of uh, speculate as to who this guy is and what exactly is he looking for and etc. So uh, we do find out that once again, he is the destroyer god of universe six. Okay, but not only that, he's Beerus's twin brother. Okay, so Beerus has a brother. <laughs> They're twins. One of them is just fatter than the other. But not only that, his com- Champa's companion is also Whis's sister. Okay, so you know we start to see that there are connections between these multiple universes, and not only that, we learn that not only are there seven universes, there's actually twelve universes total. So we're all surprised to hear this. You know, probably not more than Goku and Vegeta, but, you know, it's nice to know this world, this universe expands out beyond just theirs. And I think that's a very cool way to get to stuff that we haven't seen before. And they don't really have to. It doesn't have to make sense, really, because it's a whole other universe. Now, we get a pretty good explanation of what of these universes by Whis. And let's see if I can remember this correctly. (laughs) Okay, there are 12 universes total. Okay. And uh, each universe, each numbered universe, uh, the ones that add up to 13 are very similar and they're very they're connected and they're sort of the counterparts. So universe one and 12 are counterparts. Universe 11 and two are counterparts. Universe 10 and three obviously means that six and seven are counterparts, which is why Beerus and Champa are the destroyer gods and they're brother and sister and the same thing with Whis and the other lady <laughs> so th- this is pretty cool this is I mean I, I'm liking this I'm liking the explanations here of all this stuff it makes sense to me because I think we says something like you know just in the universe things tend to come in pairs so that's just the way it works you know so there is a counterpart it's a very quick and easy sort of explanation but that's just something that's common throughout a lot of mythology and throughout a lot of fiction is this idea of things coming in pairs right night and day the sun and the moon etc you know it's just just love and hate it's just kind of one of those things that's just kind of accepted so i thought it was pretty cool the way they kind of use that to explain this now after we learn all of that uh we see that champa has brought i guess these gifts 
for everyone and it's just food right so they just kind of find they're trying to find a way to kind of work themselves into the main point of this here which ultimately a lot like Beerus just kind of comes down to the food and <laughs> the food on earth so they you know Champa gives them these little egg type things and they eat them and Vegeta's like this just tastes like a regular egg <laughs> there's nothing special about this shit uh, but I mean you know I, I think it's 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 meant to it's meant to to show that on in Champa's universe, that's like the best they can do is just these eggs. Okay. Meanwhile, Beerus is just like, what the hell is this shit? He, he's just like laughing about it. And then they pull out some ramen, some good old, oh, some good old ramen noodles. I mean, which, gosh, is not a delicacy whatsoever in the United States. I mean, that's what you eat when you're broke and you don't have anything else to eat. <laughs> okay. But I would assume like the authentic sort of like Japanese ramen that this is based on is probably way better tasting. Uh, so yeah. So just like Beerus, Champa pretty much falls in love with earth food immediately. Uh, of course, he tries to pretend like he doesn't like it, but, you know, it's clear that he does. Uh, so, you know, he's like, well, where, where did this come from? And and uh, Beerus is telling him, well, there's a planet in this universe called Earth, and that's where it comes from. And Chomp was like, OK, so, man, you know, can we let's let's find the the Earth version of the unit. Let's find the universe seven version, universe six version of Earth so I can get some of this stuff, too. So he has his companion. Uh, look into her little orb thingy to try to find it and she does but it is it has been like blown up okay it's been like destroyed apparently it went to some sort of dark period of time didn't make it out very much like uh, universe 7's version of earth almost happened you know it almost happened to that one many times too and was even blown up a couple times uh, so yeah so I think, yeah, this is where they start to break down all the universe stuff. But I already kind of talked about that. So, uh, yeah, so essentially they just find, you know, they realize that that are. And so this just kind of leads into what the next arc here is going to be. And that is uh, Champa wants to switch Earths, right? He wants he wants to trade Earths because he, he wants to bring the universe seven version of Earth to his universe so he can get the food i mean the reasons behind it is kind of you know silly but who knows right like when you're when you're a god i guess what else can you argue over other than stuff like that like trivial things they wouldn't argue over the same stuff that we do because they're all powerful <laughs> so it seems like they're and they would come down to something like food so champa comes up with this suggestion which he doesn't get to really finish talking about before beerus pretty much challenges him to a fight but he's saying that how about we have a tournament to switch earths so they kind of get into these this little sort of brief sort of battle uh and then <laughs> weiss and uh, for uh, from now i'll just call her girl weiss okay because i don't know i'm like goku <laughs> like he calls her mrs weiss or something like that i don't know because i can't i don't know where her name is but so yeah they get in, like this little argument over it but then champa clarifies and says hey uh that's not what i meant what i meant was let's hold a tournament with fighters from my universe and fighters from your universe and the winner will get uh well if okay this is all new to me so I'm, you know if i mess this up 
I'm sorry. Okay. But I'm trying to understand all this stuff. So the winner. So if, <laughs> if Champa wins, Champa will get Earth. If Beerus wins, he'll get these wish orbs. Okay. Remember, this is something we talked about before. Steven and I kind of talked about this. It was pretty easy to assume that that's what he was talking about. He was going from universe to universe collecting these orbs um, that are essentially Dragon Balls, but they're going to refer to them as Super Dragon Balls. So apparently the Dragon Balls that they have on Earth are sort of a part of these bigger sort of universal Dragon Balls that are apparently the size of planets or something like that. And there's seven of them. I mean, it sounds like the planets themselves when you think about that, but I don't don't know. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, so there's seven of these things and he has six of them. Okay, and he's saying that you can get these. I I, I may be mistaken some of this stuff, but it sounds like he was saying that I'm guessing that he would use the seven, you know, because apparently these super Dragon Balls can grant things that the regular Earth Dragon Balls can't. Okay, all the restrictions that they have in terms of bringing people back to life a certain amount of times and not being able to, like, uh, I guess, take a life. And, and you know, the, the power is just limited. So apparently these other Super Dragon Balls can grant wishes as great as moving a planet to a completely different universe. OK, so um, that's essentially what is at stake here, uh, which once again, it seems kind of silly. You know, why would Goku and Vegeta just immediately be like, sure, we'd be OK with fighting for this reason. But I mean, it, it, I mean, it's not even like they have to do it. <laughs> so it's just a little bit odd. But they as they're Goku and Vegeta, man, they're pure, they're pure blooded Saiyans. They're always going to be excited about the next challenge and fighting people that are stronger than them. So the whole, you know, the idea that they could be stronger people in another universe excites them. And essentially they just kind of agree that, uh, they'll do it. Now, Vegeta does show a little bit of uh, hesitation, you know, because he's saying that as long as this doesn't turn out badly somehow, and it will rest assured that's, that it will lead to something, you know, because this kind of stuff never just goes off without any kind of a hitch. So, uh, so, so that'll happen. And uh, that'll be exciting, right? Because now, I mean, some, the tournament, the idea of tournaments is something that essentially happens in every uh, sort of uh, back in or middle in or begin or beginning in of Dragon Ball. It's an it's a reoccurring thing. Okay, Dragon Ball, the original show had at least two world tournament sagas, I think, maybe even more than that. And then of course it happened in Dragon Ball Z uh, with the Cell games. I mean, it was kind of a variation of that. And in, and in the Boo saga, there was a world tournament. Okay, so here we go. This time is the same. And then there's an after an other world tournament. So here's the same thing kind of happening again except this time is going to be a tournament between fighters from different universes which is cool i mean i, I don't really have any complaints about that <laughs> so far all of this sounds pretty cool um so i'm excited to see where it goes now i think that i pretty much take care of everything of the episode i know i was kind of all over the place with that but as i as we get more and more into things that i haven't seen yet with characters that i don't know very well and haven't met before then it's going to be a little bit you know weird to talk about but uh all in all i was pretty pleased with this episode i mean you know once again you know i really enjoyed episode 27 
that was probably my favorite episode of the whole Frieza saga. So to come into this, a pretty good episode that had decent animation and advanced the storyline and explained things and introduced new characters and gave me backstory and context and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what more could you want from an episode, I guess, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, something that happens in between the fighting. So that was cool. So that about does it. Um, so, uh, if you have any questions or comments about that, so, uh, what are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com with any questions or comments about that. Um, once again, facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast, head over there, give that page a like, uh, go check out the video that I posted there. Once again, it's not super impressive, but it's just something fun that I did as a kid. And, you know, it just shows how far back my <laughs> Dragon Ball Z experience really goes so go check that out uh once again itunes reviews i haven't gotten one since may and i know you guys are listening i know you're enjoying yourselves don't be scared head over there and leave me a review i'll be super excited you want to make my week if you want to if you want to make me smile leave me a review i appreciate it uh so that about does it guys so until next time for rock the dragon podcast i'm tim bridgewater and i'll see you next time